Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Damn these Biloxi Blues. It happens every night. Every night. And I ain't never met a riverboat dealer that could ever be a friend of mine. Nope. Summer heat never treats me kind. It leaves trouble on my mind. So I'm bidding farewell, putting in my notice, and I'll see you at another time. This highway does not know my name, and I don't care. Now. Headed my way for another place And I got three good tires and a spare It's right to the log right here Just a white line gypsy getting out of Mississippi With just enough gas to get there Oh! Budget live, not so live From the Low Budget Live Bar and Grill here in beautiful southern middle Tennessee Welcome, you bunch of low-lifers. And that's a term of endearment around these parts, if you're just tuning in for the first time. That's not an insult. I have people every now and then be like, man, you kind of rough old folks. You rough old folks. No. No, the low-lifers are the loyal bunch that listen to this podcast week in and week out. And this is the podcast for Monday, June the 12th, 2023. Hope everybody's doing well out there. I know I am certainly better than I deserve. Lots of uh, lots of good things going on. Lots of busy right now in the uh, traveling circus world. Just got back from Gunnersville. Spent some time with my man Ryan Engelman over there and uh, new friend Brandon Stevens. They flew over there and we uh, got to get out in the express for a couple days on good old Gville. In the crowd, man. In the crowd, the uh, the fine folks from Sealy Outdoors were having the McDonald's Big Bass Splash over there this this past weekend, and we. Uh, 
we were right in the middle of it. And it was a little crazy. It was a little crazy. But the beautiful thing about Gunnersville, and that's what I told Ryan and, and Brandon before they came, once I realized the Sea League tournament was going to be there, was uh, there's so many fish in Gunnersville. So many fish in Gunnersville. It's like, dude, we can literally find a deal to go get bit away from people. And we did just that. We did just that. We fished shallow. Uh, didn't have a lot of luck deep uh, on some of my favorite little kind of juicy places over there. They're, they're stingy. There's not a lot of current on the Tennessee River, but got bit on that old LOB jig up shallow some and and uh, caught some big fish doing that and caught some fish on old big wire. Big wire, as little Trey said, that's old man fishing. He said, Grandpa, tell me about your big worm. So uh, we did that. We caught some fish on old spooker. Little buzz bait action, little toad thumping frog. It was fun, man. We had a good we had a good couple days over there. One day I, I spent, I think it was thirteen and a half hours or something in the boat total all day. I, I just, man, I, I've, I'm not getting to fish as much as I want to right now, and it's driving me crazy. So when I get those days, whoo, I don't turn loose of it. But uh, but a good time, a good people, and uh, and old old Ryan, he was in town because he had to ride on up to Nashville and play CMA fish. Just a little pop-in show a little surprise show so if you were at cma fest i hope you got to uh go by blake shelton's bar there and and check the turnpike boys out the motubadores uh but they're fixing to get their tour cranked back up with this new album coming so get out on the road and uh go see them if they get close i think they kick off i'm sure everything's sold out already but anyways they kick off in july but go go check them boys out i'm gonna be uh, if you're gonna be at the ryman shows in august or the orion amphitheater shows in Huntsville in November. Give me a shout. Be around. Give me, let me know. Hit me up. Hit me up. All right. Yeah, good week, man. Got bass thumb, and uh, it's good. Good week, to say the freaking least. All right. Let's get into these sponsors. Got a good guest today. Got a couple things we'll talk about beforehand. Y'all know how I do it. I'm just running my mouth about all kinds of stuff. StarTron lets me run my mouth. These sponsors of mine. Make it all possible. StarTron kicking ethanol in the teeth in your chainsaw and your weed eater is going to help get that ethanol out of there. All this gas has got at least, I believe it's like 10% ethanol in it. Every time, look look when you, when you pull up to the pump. Unless you're getting ethanol free, which is as gas climbs back up again a little bit, that ethanol free going to cost you a little bit more money. Put you some StarTron in there, kick it in the teeth, get it out of there. Nothing ruins a great day on the water like an outboard engine that won't run due to stupid dumb ethanol. And then sister, like right there with them, the Starbright product line, all the cleaning products, it's Starbright season. Clean yourself up, okay? Don't be looking like I'm looking right now down there in the shop in the Express. It's got eelgrass everywhere. It's got a mud line still from the Alabama River. It is not Starbright season at my house yet. <laughs> I use more Starbright stuff lately cleaning like the pool, like mildew stain remover and all my diving board stuff like that than I am in the boat. And I should be ashamed. My boat desperately needs a, uh, uh, a deep clean right now to say the very least, but, uh, star bright star trying, bringing you LBL pro guide batteries, pro guide batteries.com LBL 10 is the code. that's going to save you money. there. running a great sale from now all the way to the 4th of July on their lithium batteries. You can buy a bundle. You can buy a single. But I know one thing is LBL10 is going to save you some cash. Let them know that you are a low lifer. ProGuideBatteries.com. Again, you know, I'm, I'm running uh, 
everything you can run off of one of their AGMs right now. I'm running them trolling motor, but I, I've never killed them in two seasons, man. It's uh, they're really, really, really great products. So proguybatteries.com for that. Another uh, company that I am proud to get behind Baitworks, bait-works.com. That is where you can get the LOB jig. And I can tell you right now, if you do not own an LOB jig in the hot pocket color, a shame on you for not having an LOB jig, period. But that joker gets bit. It catches big ones. And right now when they're up there cruising around for bluegill, a lot of parts of the country, you're thinking, oh, I need to be out there deep. Not necessarily. I caught, I caught the biggest fish of our entire trip this deep on an LOB, uh, multiple bites on that joker, and they absolutely were just choking it. You can use code DUNCAN-10 at bait-works.com. Of course, you don't just have to go there and buy LOB jigs. They've got anything and everything you could need from all the soft plastics that are out there, the most popular brands, Zoom. They got them toad thumpers. They got them toad thumper frogs. We caught some on that old toad thumper frog over there at Gunnersville as well. But get on there, bait-works.com. Don't order it if you don't want it. They are going to get it to you fast. And last but not least, hang that freaking banner right there behind me. Most of y'all say it's off-centered. I think it's the damn camera. Express Boats. The Bassmaster Classic winning all-welded high-performance aluminum bass boat. Yet again, got to take a newbie. My new friend, Brandon Stevens, my buddy from Oklahoma that, that rolled in with Mr. Engelman. He got to fish two days out of the Express. And, dude, it amazes me and makes me so damn proud every time I put somebody new. I know y'all get tired of me saying that. But if you want to go take a ride in one, I'm telling you, it will change your mind if you're on the fence about it. Fantastic boats. But what I'm always impressed by is fishing three adults out of it and that just how stable the fishing platform is in it. Um, it's just, it's killer. But then when you're over there in that grass, you got all the sea deck. It's just, man, it's just maintenance is so, uh, just so easy in the express. Amazing hole shot. Three people in there. Cooler, absolutely. I take my Yeti with me this time of year. I'm just, uh, I'm just bad about that because it just holds ice better. You know, boat coolers are just, they are what they are this time of year. And uh, just want to keep that ice a little longer, especially on a long, long day. So I take a bigger cooler with me. And I think a lot of folks do that this time of year, uh, especially in a tournament to keep extra ice. But but anyhow, full cooler, full of drinks, full tank of gas, three grown men, whole shot, just phew, jumps out the hole. It's amazing. I, I'm absolutely consistently blown away by the X21 Pro L. A express boats building excitement since 1966. All right. All right. Just going to check my phone. Just going to make sure that I don't have any text from our guest saying, I'm not doing this today. Real quick, real quick. Like, so if I seem like I'm more all over the place than normal, it's because we have all the kiddos here. Got Harper's boyfriend, main man, Keaton over here too and i just cooked dinner for him just a little bit ago recording this on sunday night some little helter skelter been grilling been hanging out been watching them volunteers whip ass in baseball today they actually lost one game and then won the second going so when you're listening to this be thinking about them big orange boys trying to get back to omaha which is pretty daggone cool we've had a good time watching them all year long uh last few years under tony vitello have been a lot of fun for those balls baseball boys all right, so I got to say huge congratulations to Adrian Avena, man. Uh, the Cayuga event, or as my buddy Scott Sugg said, 
Kogue. Kogue. Uh, in a video this week. I just want that on a ringtone. Kogue. Uh, what can you say besides just wow? My jaw's on the floor. If you think we've got, you know, the most amazing bass fishing in the South, maybe at times, but nah. They got us up north, man. Those fish, and yeah, they're frozen half the year, so we're going to beat them those months, right? Because uh, you can go somewhere and get a bite, and the water ain't hard. But some of the weights were absolutely nuts. I think it took like 26 pounds to make the top 10 in that knockout round deal. I know there were been, in a, in a cumulative weight deal, a lot of uh, century mark century belt kind of guys in that with all smallies freaking stupid jacob wheeler caught a seven pound smallmouth but adrian avena comes out on top he posts a video this morning the final morning with his family there and he got emotional it was really cool man because I, I don't know adrian well we fished the tour against each other maybe one year he might have been there one year before he went over to the bass side and then of course now bass pro tour and he is uh he's a guy that I mean I think a lot of folks have expected him to to do this. No surprise for him to win in the Northeast, but he's kind of a title fishery guy. He always had some success on the Potomac River, but it seems like he's just always around in those BPTs now over the last few years. He's he's, you know, making red crest, he's consistent. And and that group, that foursome there, that MDJ, Jacob Wheeler, Dustin Connell, and Adrian Avena, um, they're just fish catchers, man, and they feed off of each other. They're competitive, but it was really cool to see him win at 29-something and then 27-something all smallmouth for two days, beat out Spencer Sheffield. You had Kevin Van Dam in the mix. You had a little Alton in the mix, of course, Wheeler in the top ten. So such a cool top ten to be able to win. Mark Rose, a lot of, lot of Dakota Ebert again in the top ten. Dudley again with a top ten. It was a really cool, uh, really cool tournament. I, I watched as much of it as I, as I could. Uh, a lot of sight fishing, of course, which the internet was like, man, I block none of this, man. Y'all should block them freaking traffic cone looking things. And then on the same post, MLF would post somebody with a traffic cone. There'd be people like, electronics is ruining fishing. I don't like it. Just hundreds of them, I feel like. So I got on the comments and was like, we should ban pros from being able to see make them wear blindfolds and i don't know i just never understand i say this week in and week out and i'm whining like those people are whining but i just don't understand why you feel the need to just say such dumb things um over and over and over and over like enjoy it or not i'll tell you from a guy that's fished since he was a kid i like seeing a seven pound smallmouth get caught i like seeing six pounders i like it when five pounders don't help a guy that's crazy to me I fished all over this country and back. 25-pound stringers are not normal. Not stacked up. Not down to like 30th place or whatever they were. It was dumb. Those knockout round weights where they go to zero, dumb. Absolutely dumb. It was incredible. But I will say this. I will say this. Uh, for every positive, there's got to be a negative. I think. I don't, I don't know who said that. Maybe somebody. Um. But, man, I think they do have an issue at MLF with – I don't know, maybe issues, not the best way to put it. But um, there were a lot of guys that caught the same fish. And and with the split groups, Group A and Group B, it was inevitable. It was going to happen. I, I believe it was pointed out that, you know, Van Damme had one over six the first day. He had 28 pounds. He was a leader. 
And Spencer Sheffield, it looked to be the same fish, same area the next day. I think Joe Lee might have caught one of the same ones that Dudley caught because they were betters and they were going by. I mean, we've never really had they, – they have. They fished these every fish counts deals until this year uh, when they switched to five. But they've had bedfish tournaments in the catchway release format. Um, but I don't think they've ever had one this significant where you had to really have those five pluses – and there obviously aren't five pluses on every boulder, even though it kind of looks like it. Uh, there were definitely some some reproduction there, right? Like there there was some there were some fish, some repeat catches. Some of those fish got caught a lot. I think Wheeler on live he the seven pounder he caught on on the knockout round. He tried to catch it again. And here's the thing. Uh, and I know I heard Dudley say, "Well, I got one five. I'm trying to find some new fish, but I got a five twelve. I know where it's at, a 5.9, a 5, blah, 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 5, that I can go catch. Um, it's not the angler's fault, in my opinion. I just think there should be – I don't know. I shouldn't say – I want to say there should be a rule against it to not retread fish, but it would be the most impossible thing to ever in the history of the world freaking uh, try to try – to, like – I don't know. Like, how do you enforce it? How do you how do you enforce that? Oh, you caught that one yesterday. Unless they put some kind of tag in them or something, I don't know how you I don't know how you would do it. But I do know that uh, those big smallmouth will bite again, more so than largemouth. Largemouth will bite again as well. But those big smallmouth are super aggressive. They will bite again. There was a lot of that that went on. That being said, those knockout round weights they mashed on the gas mashed on the gas so it's hard to do with a lot of retreads i think they found they did indeed find a lot of new fish obviously it slicked off calm uh, the crazy canadian thanks a lot canada the crazy canadian smoke from the wildfires uh you know the first few days they had that to deal with but i don't know it's a, it's a very odd situation i've seen and i've heard from some folks about it reaching out to me about it want to know you know kind of what i think about it and it's uh i think the catchway releasing is great I think, especially in the spawn, I think it's fantastic. Like, you put them right back, and they go, bloop, right back to the bed, and that's cool. In an event like this with these stone-cold killers who are also very good at playing chess, when they go, bloop, right back there, and you don't take them for a ride back for a weigh-in, it puts in this whole new strategy, right? And so I know that some of these guys were weighing the same fish a couple a couple of times. And so that's kind of weird. And for me, it's kind of like an asterisk beside the weights a little bit. A little bit. It was still a freak show. It was still an incredible tournament. It was a fun tournament to watch. But that being said, it's a weird one. It's a weird one. And I think the first year of BPT, I think I did say, you know, how do, how do they do that in a bedfish tournament or a bed and smallmouth tournament? Do they just like throw over there and catch that one over and over and over and over as long as it'll bite? And you just go, ding, three pound, one ounce, ding, three pound, one ounce, three pound, one ounce. And like you just run the score up or do you move along? Uh and now that they can only catch five, and in, and like I said, at Cayuga, it was very important to have five megas, right? So there were there were some retreads. And uh, I don't know. I don't know how. I just, like I said, it's very, it's a gray one. It's not against the rules, obviously. How you would ever enforce it, I don't know. It, just it, that's going to that's gonna be a mess. But that is kind of one of those downsides to that catchway release thing. Um, that being said, if you catch 30 pounds off of a deep hole in the knockout round 
and you release them back and you come back the next day and you catch 27 off of it, how do you know that some of those aren't the same? You know what I mean? So I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's, uh, that is, it's just part of the strategy with this deal. But I've, I've seen some people talk about it. I've had some folks in the industry reach out to me about it. Uh, B1, I don't know how you'd ever police it. I don't know how you'd ever police it. It's like the information thing. Other than polygraphs, how are you going to police it? But if I, like, catch this one, what if, what if I was just in the area that Wheeler was in yesterday and I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say there. But um, lost my train of thought. But it's weird. Like, what if they're two on the same, like, in the same rock pile or whatever, they're by the same boulder and you caught one yesterday and you left the other one, then you come back. I, I, and it's like, would you fish for the same one? Like, it's going to be a hot mess. But it was a weird one. It was a weird one. That being said, rounded out with a big, nice boat. Adrian Avena kicked ass. Giant weights. I want to catch a seven-pound smallmouth. Cayuga is a badass lake full of a lot of five-plus-pound largemouth and smallmouth. And uh, it was a really cool event. Last year, they were offshore. They were cranking and catching largemouth. D.C. won it fishing for smallies. This year was a bedfish deal, and it was really cool. And you know I talk about it a lot. I'm a sight fisherman. So I'm all about that life. I was jealous at home. I was, I literally had my flogger in the swimming pool, just, just flogging, just out there, just a flogging. That's what I was doing this weekend. Uh, but yeah, killer event, a little weird, killer event. All right. Y'all let me know in the comments what you think about that. I know y'all will. We're fixing to get the sauce from a guy that I, I really respect. And, uh, it, and most of the time I'll say, I, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't have many guests on that I don't respect. If I have you on this show, because I get to, I don't want to say handpick, but I do, I, I pick based on what's going on, based on who I want to talk to. It's kind of how I make my guest list, based on your, uh, the low lifer requests and things. But this guy was a low lifer request a couple years ago. He was just kind of starting to get his name out there. He was, he was doing well on YouTube and was making his way up and, he is now $359,000 in earnings to his name. His sponsor portfolio is growing. He has been fishing professionally for four years now. He has 33 for 40. 40 events, 33 checks. He is currently leading the Bassmaster Elite Series Angler of the Year by 12 points over Brandon Cobb. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get the sauce run presented by the W Sauce, Kyle Welcher. What up? What's up, Kyle Welcher? How are you? Doing good. How you doing? Man, I'm doing I'm doing uh, pretty good. Not like leading Bassmaster Elite Series Angler of the Year race going into the Northern Swing good, but but otherwise I'm pretty good, bud. Well, the problem with that is the Northern Swing. <laughs> <laughs> ah, see that was a, that was a, that was like my boring question I had on my list, but we'll start there. That we'll start there because you're not a boring <laughs> right. guy. You're anything from it. Like, what do you? Uh, what I asked, so I had Brandon Cobb on, and I hope I'm not the kiss of death for you, but I had Cobb on right before the Sabine, and I'm like, so Cobby, the Sabine's kind of that turning point in the season event for Angler of the Year. It's really important. He's like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, because you could sink the battleship right there. You got to be in it, you know, going through the Sabine, headed up north. So you were able to take the lead there. Now we head up north. I mean, dude, you you are 33 of 40 times in the money per Bassmaster I mean, you've caught them up north, dude. Come on, don't give you're you're not worried about it. I feel like. Well, it's not really that I'm worried about catching fish up north. It's just more about 
you know, just making good decisions, not losing any, fishing clean. You know, you don't want to, like, leading AOYs, like, that's where you want to be because it's going to take X amount of points to win it. And right now I have the most points. You know, I like I have the most points getting to that goal at this point. So I don't really care that I'm leading it. I just care about how many points I've got and how many more I need. And I have no idea how many I need. I was going to say, yeah. I'm, I'm not worried about actually catching fish. It's just about the decision-making process and fishing clean. You know, if you're prepared, you're, you know, fishing clean is kind of an afterthought also because you're going to lose some. It just happens. Like you're not going to yeah, go yeah, fish. That's right. on, you, you're, not, you're not going to fish on St. Lawrence for four days and <laughs> catch 35 three-and-a-half-pounders and never lose one. Like you catch 35 a day and never lose. Like it's not going to happen. That's right. Like that's just, that's just the fact of the matter. So I'm not worried about catching them. I'm just really, you know, every single tournament – is a string of decisions that you have to make and that's what i fixate on is the decisions i don't i don't fixate on the negative or what could possibly go wrong or nothing like that i just want to make good decisions interesting and you're you're a very calculated guy i I think it's interesting just from your your like i shouldn't say even calculate you're analytical i think you're a very analytical guy and you play the odds that comes from your your gambling background, your poker background. You and I talked about this first time we had you on, but it's interesting to hear you say, I've got the most points right now. It's going to take a certain number. But then you said, I don't know what that number is. But we can go back through the years, right? You can look at a at an average number, I feel like. Do you have a number in your head that you think it usually is around that to win AOI? Or like the last no, couple I, years? I've actually not even looked. I have no idea. Um I knew going into the season, I thought I needed 530 points to make the classic. So that's what I was, you know, at, at the beginning of the season, you know, after, a, after like two, I've had two good finishes. It's like, okay, I got, I need two more good ones and then five decent ones and I make the classic, you know? So yeah. I, I looked at that, but, but I have not looked at the uh, actual, what it takes to win AOI, but it's, um, you know, it's not set in stone, you know, sometimes it could take a record high. Sometimes it could take yeah. a record low. It just depends on kind of how everybody else does that has a you know strung it together throughout the year so i mean it's just i have no idea it's still up in there well let's take a look at this list real quick let me just run through this because i was i knew what it was but then reading it i was like holy crap so you got brandon cobb john cox tyler rivette drew cook will davis jr patty walt uh patrick walters drew benton you got hunter schrock and then jay shakurit in that top 10 and dude it's uh that's a different top 10 for Bassmaster Angler of the Year. And, and by different, I mean it's uh, – and I said this a, a few weeks ago on here. I had Luke Palmer on, and then Cobb asked him the same thing. It's kind of a changing of the guard this year. And, and what I mean by that is you've got some really veteran guys. I think you got to go down to like – which Stetson's 11th. And I, I'd call Stetson a veteran, even though he's a young guy. But he's been doing it for yeah. so long. He's a veteran. Yeah. Uh, but then you got like Iconelli's in 12th. So it takes – that long to get down there. I mean, we know John Cox, he's a winner. He's had a lot of success. He's not normally that like in that angler of the year mix necessarily. He's always going to make the classic. He's a consistent guy, but this year's just different. So, you know, out of that group though, they're going to catch them. <laughs> like, they're, Everybody's going to catch them. They're going to catch them. For sure. <laughs> yep. And I plan on catching them, but you just got to find the right size, you know, and that, that, that whole top 10, whenever you look at that top 10, it just, that's people who do their own thing. That's right. And we've had like we've had like six tournaments so far this year, where you catch them however you want to catch yep. them. Yep. Like like pretty much like period. Besides Okeechobee, 
you pretty much have to catch them just however you wanted to, you know, and they, and everybody has stuck to their deal pretty much. That's in the top 10. It seems like to me, everybody just kind of stuck to their deal and it's got them through. No doubt about it, man. It's, it's been really, it's cool for me to see just cause I know so many of y'all and I know a lot of those names on that list. Other than I don't know Tyler Vett real well, it's cool to see him kick your butt. He's a he's a seems like a good dude, great personality in the sport. Seeing him win on on Okeechobee was awesome. Uh, but just freaking absolute stone cold fish catchers in that group. And John Cox, you're you always got to look over your shoulder at, at Mr. Cox. Uh, no matter where you're going, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> always a always a always I I do the uh, hang on. Let me hit it right here. Oh, wrong button. The Cox watch. John Cox watch on LVO. <laughs> Cox watch. Just because you never know where he's going to be. He could be in California today. He could be in New York tomorrow. But uh, it's hard to follow that Cox all over the country. So I try to get keep the people updated, Kyle. If, we, if you want a shortcut where John Cox is at, he's he's usually in the check line for every tournament. <laughs> every yes. tournament in the country. Yes. If you want to find him, he's, he's getting a check. <laughs> Just look for where the weigh-in trailer's at. He's probably there getting a damn check. No, you're That's right. right. You're right about that. That is a damn good way to put it. He's fishing MPFL with us this year over there, and it's like I think he's fished two. He's got paid up in both, and and he's way up there in angler of the year after skipping one. Him and him and Patrick both, uh, they're always in the damn check line. Walters is is one of them too that you can throw in there, uh, absolutely for, for damn sure, man. But what uh, and I asked Brandon Cobb this same question, so uh, and by, I, I find it interesting because I've known Cobb a while. He's a young guy that that you know he's had a, a lot of success. He's, he's won events. He's he's a consistent guy. But when he's leading angler of the year, I asked him this question. When I had him on a couple of weeks ago, what's different this year? Because you are very consistent, and I think you are. I hear your name amongst your peers more than any other name. I really do believe that. It, that just like damn Welcher, 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 Welcher. Yeah. Like you're the guy. A lot of veteran guys are like, yeah, he's one you better freaking watch going forward. And and here you are in the driver's seat. But what do you think is different this year? Is it like you said, you get to fish? your way so far or is it just making the right decision things are clicking what is what's the overall recipe to 2023 so it, it really uh, this year has been a lot of like fast starts in tournaments and the reason that's so important and i mean i, I know that this is going to sound like just a generic answer but like last year i had the same routine same practice schedule same diet, everything, like trying to be in best shape I could possibly be, thinking about stuff. And it's like every time I took I blast it off. And I had had like a terrible year last year. Just absolutely awful. Every time I blast it off, it was like eleven o'clock every single day before I got a bite. And I didn't ran through everything and tried mm. everything I could think of. And it's like this year, first off, I catch two that like, hey, I can weigh them two, you know, like yeah. two that I can weigh in. It ain't like I caught two twelve inches. It's like I catch a, a four and a three off my first stop and I got seven and a half hours left. You know, yes. and it, it just seems like that keeps happening. And then also like at the end of the day, whenever you're like, I need one more to maybe get a check or whatever. Then all of a sudden I catch two more, two more big ones. And it's like, it just, it just is a different result. Like there's no special thing that I did this year. That's different. I didn't like rewrite the book or anything like, like that. It just feels like I just trust the process and I just got a vastly different result this year from last year i mean i tried as hard as possible last year and thought about it and was as prepared as i could possibly be 
and I just didn't catch them. Like, I don't know how else to put it. And the thing about it is, whenever you're catching them, you feel like that could never happen to you. Yeah. And then whenever you're not catching them, you're like, I don't know if I'll ever catch them again, you know? And, I mean, that nothing drastic has changed, though. It just feels like I've just got different results this year for whatever reason. I mean, I've made a few better decisions on the water i've made some adjustments quicker but that comes back to fishing your strengths because i fish my strengths in every single tournament this year you can make adjustments whenever you fish your strengths extremely quickly because you're so in tune with what's going on like you know if you fish down like you might only fish for like seven or eight minutes sometimes when you're doing your deal and you're like this ain't exactly right but if you're yes. a little bit out of your comfort zone it might take you 45 minutes to Man. say all right maybe this ain't happening today that is so, so that comes back to fishing your strengths because whenever you really understand what you're doing, you can make those adjustments quicker. So I think that's part of it. And that's just a lot to do with the schedule. Yeah. But other than that, I just feel like I've just been, you know, fortunate this year to get the results. Man, that is such an interesting take on that. And it's, but it makes so much sense because it's funny. I just, just got back from Gunnersville a couple of days fishing with some friends of mine. And it is so true when you go do something that you are, dialed in on or you've done your whole life right like this is how i like to catch them how quick you can go yeah ain't right ain't right right ain't right yep. and then you pull up on a stretch and you're like it's right and you go to catch yep. them like it is amazing how quick you can do that but when you're out there like for me i love to catch them live scoping but i'm not great at it necessarily i'll give up on it kind of quick and then sometimes I spend too much time on it, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, oh, like, yes. like, like I'll be out there screwing with one forever and it's a damn, you know, grass carp or something, I'm sure, that I'm throwing at. <laughs> and instead, I'll just go skip a jig under a dock. Like, that's just my, like, that's where I, where I go with it. But, but it's interesting. I had two guys in the boat with me, though, that from out in Oklahoma, good buddies. And we were trying to deep fish, which is something on, on the Tennessee River I grew up doing, right? Like, I know how the school's set up and I know how to, you know, position the boat and I know what's right and what's not most of the time but we'd pull in like catch one but it wouldn't look right and we'd catch one and I was driving them crazy because I, I would say all right we're moving let's go and we'd be there for like three minutes and I'd pull the right. and they're like but we but we caught one I was like yeah there's a 12 incher and there's a bunch of big ones down there I can see them but they're not set up right we gotta go we'll come back later and they're like wait what and we go do something else like fish up shallow something would be set up right in the grass that I liked and we'd go to catch them and they're like how do you know that? I'm like, it's just, it's what you're confident in, man. And they've not been, both of these guys have not been fishing a lot of years. And they're like, man, I don't know how you do that. And I was like, well, it's almost like it's an intuition thing. Um, right. And, yeah. so, and, and sometimes you make the wrong call. A lot of times you make the wrong call. It's just fishing. But, uh, but I, man, I feel, I felt that statement for sure that you made, man, that that's powerful. And, and you have to live and die with it. You have yeah. to. But like, if it, if you make the wrong call, you just you just eat it. Yep. Like that's just part of you. Just have to. You have to just trust your trust your instincts. No doubt about it, man. And and you are. I mean, I know you're a shallow water guy, frogging, flipping. That's uh, swim jig. And I know it, Sabine, you're swimming a jig. You're you're doing your thing. But I also know you're comfortable. You don't mind getting off the bank if you got to, though, right? Like St. Lawrence River, you're totally. You're not opposed to getting a spinning rod out and going out there. No, I'm not opposed to it at all. I actually, I actually like it. Like I, I think it's fun. It's fun until they get beside the boat and you got to try to land. <laughs> That's a every other part of it's fun, but golly, you can't get a hold of them. <laughs> but I, every other part of it, I love. Yeah, well, it's it's a lot more fun than a 65-pound braid and you can flop them in the floor of the damn boat. <laughs> well, that, that's what I've been thinking about with these guys, um, bed fishing for them big small yes! and stuff. I'm like, 
put that thing on 25 pound fluorocarbon just swing them i mean it's a six pounder but like we swing six pound largemouth all the I time know. on 25 I it's know. like i don't know what I don't know if they just won't bite it or what, but I'm like, I'd have insuckers in there. You give me a two-minute penalty. I'll have them in the car. Dude, it's so funny you said that. I was thinking the same thing this week watching it, and uh, Dakota Ebear today was doing it with a baitcaster. He was catching them on a baitcaster. Now, I don't know. Was he using 12-pound or 20? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah. But we were up there one time at Champlain years ago for an FLW tour, and I was rooming with Strader. And I well, if, it's any, if anything specific. On no, it's, a, no it's nothing specific. Okay. This is more just like bed fishing in general. Uh, okay. He did use a bait caster to catch smallmouth on the bed and big line. Right. And and I will say, like, I'm out there with a freaking, you know, spinning rod, and he's like boat flipping four-pounders, and I'm losing them at the boat. And he's like, Duncan, they'll bite anything. It don't matter, dude. You just pitch in there. They'll bite. Yeah. And, but I was thinking that this week, like all these giant smallies over five, and I'm like, we're walking them around the boat, but I when I pull up on a largemouth that's a five pounder, I go for my twenty or twenty five and my little old critter to pitch in there. I'm like, why is it not the same for smallmouth? Oh yeah, like if I've got one, like if, if we're in Florida and I've got one real big one, like just one real big one that's like in a hard to reach space, I'll put thirty on one rod and have one <laughs> rod sitting there just for that fish, like just for this yeah. one, like for three casts all day long. I get it, and then. And then you see a smallmouth up there, and you're like, "I need my seven pound line." Yeah, but I, yeah, I don't, I don't understand why we're automatically tuned to go that way. And I know Wheeler when he won, I believe it was St. Lawrence a couple of years ago, and it was the every fish counted thing. I think he was throwing heavier line because it was <clears> such <throat> a game he could get them in faster, right? Like he, right, he, yep. yeah, he could winch them in and and get right back in there, which was genius. I mean, which is why he's one of the best. He plays the chess match part of it as as good as anybody. Um, yep. that's for dang sure. Cayuga got some big ones in it, don't it? <laughs> yeah, real big ones. Like, actually surprisingly big. Like, th- that, that's that been disgusting to watch for four days down here in the south, burning my ass up, freaking 90 degrees, and fishing Gunnersville in the middle of a big bass splash tournament over there going on nine million boats on the water, and I've got it pulled up on my phone. It's like, that's a 6'10", that's a 6'3", that's a 6'4". I'm like, get out of here. That's not even it's crazy. That, that's not, that's like should be against a damn law. Not even, not even remotely. Okay. But y'all, so going back to y'all schedule, y'all have St. Lawrence, Champlain and, and St. Clair, right? The three yeah, yeah, St. Clair first. So, yep. so Champlain, you don't have to just be a smallmouth guy. You can do your thing up there. St. Lawrence, you're going to have to do your thing. Like everybody knows the St. Lawrence thing. I feel like it's about finding quality. And then St. Clair, have you got experience on St. Clair? I fished once. I fished an elite there. In um, my rookie I was year, say, was it I your, fished in elite there. Yeah, rookie. Was that the one? The uh, what was his name? Bill Wilder. Yeah, from Alabama. Yep. One. Yeah. Yep. Um, is it any word? Is it fishing better? Because I know that one was kind of grimy, and and it's well, still in a COVID hangover kind of thing, from what I've heard. In 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 our tournament there in 2020, we were not allowed to go into Canada. Oh, that's right. So that's super right. small playing field, and also probably the worst half. So, yes. you know, we'll go back this time and have a lot more area to fish and probably better area to fish. So, I mean, just you never know how good a place is doing until, you know, one of these big tournaments gets there. But I feel like St. Clair has been doing better. Like from from what I've been seeing, it looks like it's been trending up for like 10 years now. Yeah. Social media stuff looks good. I mean, just yeah, some like, of the posts. It looks like it's just getting better and better. All them Great Lakes are just getting like better and better and better. It's like. I don't really understand how they keep getting bigger. 
I'm like, like shouldn't they be maxed out at some point? <laughs> Should, shouldn't they not buy an Edrig eventually? Like, just give up? Yeah. Like, they see so many? Yeah, man, I think we are, uh, like, this Cayuga deal blew my mind that there were, which, I mean, I understand it's spawning, and it's perfect situation with some of the best cats at, at doing it, obviously. When you got Van Dam sight fishing for smallmouth, there are not a lot of people that have more experience than that cat doing that, obviously. But, you know, it, it's amazing to me that 28 and 29-pound stringers of smallmouth aren't just headline news. I mean, they are, well, but it's like, damn it, man. I grew up around smallmouth on, on Pickwick, like, and I've seen 28 to 29-pound bags and 27s weighed in in tournaments and stuff. But, dude, that's a monster bag of smallmouth. Yeah, unbelievable back. I, I mean, like, like, I can't get that across to people. Like, if you've never been up there, like, oh, I caught 22 pounds and was 40th. Well, yeah, that's freaking unbelievable, man. Like, right. <laughs> it's crazy to me. Those weights were just stupid. And it's it's such a big difference between a five and a six. Oh, gosh, Like, yes. huge, as far as smallmouth goes, that's like a difference between, like, a six and an 11. Yes. On the test, for yes. a largemouth. Yes, totally agree. Yeah, crazy different uh, just that one pound is huge dude wheeler hitting a seven pounder right in the freaking yeah. face oh my god like <laughs> dude that oh, oh that thing was like it looked like something out of a damn museum dude yep nasty i caught i caught one last year on st lawrence that was 612 Ooh. and that's my biggest one i've ever caught and that i mean i didn't know what it was when i saw it on ford face on her but like a quarter when i threw <laughs> to it. It, it it never made it to the bottom and then i was I, it came up jumping. I was like, "Oh, that's a freaking giant!" Oh my gosh, dude! That I've got a six eight, and I've caught I've caught one six eight, a six six, and I think two six twos. Like on pick, well, I've never hit seven, never even hit six and three quarters. And that is when they go above that six pound mark, dude. That's just a different. That's a different animal. All the I way also, around. Did you catch them off bed or on forward facing sonar? No, I didn't. No, this was uh, actually, I take that back. The one I caught it, I did catch one at OH Ivy that was the lake record for five minutes the year in 2021 when OH Ivy. Yeah, and it was on forward facing and uh, six eight. So that one was, it was A rig forward facing. So that'll get all the internet fired up. You shouldn't have caught that. That doesn't count. But but the other ones, I, I caught one on St. Clair. Uh, six seven on St. Clair back in the day, and then uh, before forward facing, and then the other two were on Pickwick one on swim bait, and one uh, actually on a bandit 200 series crankbait yep. back in the day. Any, any smallmouth not caught on forward facing sonar or off the bed should get a pound added to it, <laughs> like so. You, you should call it a seven seven, yeah. <laughs> that's like the forward facing sonar handicap. Is that that's like the Barry Bonds home run year when he took steroids? Is that what we're con yep. comparing that to? All these tournaments are going to have an asterisk beside them. That's how it feels. Yeah, well, dude, I did say that before I got on here. It's a little weird with that catchway release thing, and I've already talked this to death. But uh, and I don't know how you would ever police this, but it was weird that those guys got to catch the same ones a lot, and it was definitely yep. going down. Like it, they, yeah, they were fine, and you had to find new ones, obviously, to keep up with the pace. But, like, I was watching it today, and Dudley's like, well, I got a 5.12, a 5.9, and a 5.6 that I caught the other day. I'm going to go back to here in a little bit. And that's the – but that's the thing with that catchway and release. Like, that's weird, right? Like, you don't have that yep. luxury in one where you're dragging them around and taking them to the weigh-in, but it's all part of the strategy. And if it was a rule, I don't know – I mean, how are you going to police it? Unless you're like, oh, you got to put a – like zip tie around on this pink zip tie around their tail. <laughs> so we know or well, whatever, like, I don't know. And then it could be a problem. Like if you catch one, that's a five ten or whatever. And then obviously it's a, it's a non-traditional format. So you have to put it back. 
And if you're not allowed to catch it on the next day, but the other 39 guys yes, are allowed to. Yes, that's a to, great point. That's, a, that's not good either because you don't have the same playing field as them. So, that's I mean, true. It's, it's almost impossible to police. It, oh, like, it I is, feel like, man. I, I feel like you just have to say, hey, you get it once a day. Like, that's just, oh, well, you just have to, that's the only way you can make that rule. And I don't know, the rule may say that now. Like, I don't know. It, because I know back in the catchway release, like the Every Fish Counts days, I want to think they did put something in there to keep a guy from sitting there and going, Pitch, pitch, pitch. <laughs> Back to the same three-pound smallmouth on the same line. I, I don't know. I, th- I thought that they had put something in there forever I'm like ago. 99 – I'm 99% sure that they can only catch it once a day. Okay, once a day. But, yeah. But Which, I mean, that, that was that was our rule, too, when we were on fork and they were spawning. You was know, it really? Once a day, yeah. I didn't realize that. So, Bass because did that because y'all could release yep. them. Yep. And that, there was actually one fish that, like, three of us caught in one day. <laughs> See, well, that happened in this one. Like uh, somebody, somebody sent it to me, and it was like Van Dam caught one one day. It weighed six eight, and then Spencer Shuffield caught it the next day, and it weighed six five. Because you know they go in the separate groups or whatever, and yep. it was the exact same stretch of water for sure. You know, I mean, you could tell, and the fish looked identical. Um, yeah, but but I mean, that's gonna happen. That's interesting. Three different cats caught the same one on four. That's hilarious. <laughs> and it was so a, it's it was like a it was like a four fifteen largemouth too. Like and it bit. It, Three of us caught it on day one, so I mean, <laughs> hey, I'll take it. But but that's <laughs> in a regular tournament, amazing. I would have just rolled up and saw an empty bed. That's true, very true. Right. Damn, that's interesting. I want. I guess that probably happened up there, right? I mean, it had to have been. They were catching the same ones in the yeah, same day. It had to have been. I'm and, sure. And I'm not. A, I'm not super familiar with how smallmouth are as far as like guarding the bed, but I know a largemouth. If that female has laid eggs in the bed, you can catch that male like six times in yes. a day if you wanted to. Yeah. Like if, if there's eggs in the bed, he's going to guard it with his life. He's going to bite. So, I mean, that's kind of the – when you find one of those, you you know, everybody can, can catch it. That's, that's interesting, man. Well, I, I, got a, I got one for you that I wanted to ask you because this all happened this week, and uh, I think you're a good guy to talk about this because you, you've always got an interesting take on things. I feel like that's that's outside of the, of, of the box. But uh, – and I've seen a couple guys post this, but you've got – and if you've talked about this already, just let me know. But you got this Live Golf PGA Tour thing going on. And it's amazing because you you came in, uh, you know, four years ago, right right around the split yep. and all that. And, and you've like been – Like a year after. Yeah, like – yeah, a year after. But you've or been – two years after. You've been in this deal – and and now everything has settled out, man. You got them; they're doing their thing. Bassmasters doing their thing, uh, but PGA Tour they said we will never take that dirty money, that dirty rotten live golf money. That this live golf; these guys are banished to hell forever. And then this week they're like, "Well, guess what? <laughs> We're all the same." Will we ever see that in bass fishing, Kyle Welcher? Will we see that happen? Ever? Hey, it, if the money's right, I'm gonna tell you the, 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 the people who say they won't take the money have not been offered the money. <laughs> yes, so, I love it. I I have no idea. I, obviously, I I have no yeah. inside knowledge of anything. Right, right. But I mean, I guess that Saudi money changes people's minds quick. <laughs> Ain't no so, doubt about it, man. Ain't no doubt about it. Holy I mean, crap! I, I feel like it would be good um, to have. You know, like back in the day, there was one tour. Bassmasters was it. Yep. So everybody on the Bassmasters was like, "That's it. That's the pros." Period. Yes. 
and then now it's spread out and i mean every every single tour now has so much legitimacy that it's really spread out so there's not really like a number one proven grounds period so maybe that's bad maybe that's good i have no idea i know all the all the different organizations do a ton of good stuff with live coverage yeah. and i mean if there's three different big organizations that have six to nine tournaments a year or whatever that's more live coverage that fans can watch so i see it's good from that perspective but right i feel like it's going to stay I, I i i don't think that's going to happen but if the money's right it will <laughs> i love i love that quote cal welch <laughs> ladies and truth. gentlemen if you say you wouldn't take the money you ain't been offered the money <laughs> that's it yeah, dude it, it is very very true uh morals get tested when them checkbooks come out sometimes in life ain't no doubt about that and uh where you think you stand uh can certainly you can change your footing pretty quick when the when the ink starts getting put down on paper but but that one really did like i I don't know how much you i'm not a obviously not a golf guy uh other i've got like a dad bod like i could i'd probably look pretty good on a golf course with some of the cats i see playing golf like get put me in a damn golf shirt that's too tight and give me some beer and a cooler like i'd probably look like a golfer but i'm not uh in case anybody right. out there is wondering but my i've got uh my boys um they like to golf and they keep up with it some and and uh it, and i've watched some documentaries there's a good deal on netflix about it about the pga tour it's really cool i forget the name of it now but anyways you need to go check it out if you haven't and it was and it was filmed um, during the height of all of that. And it's really interesting. And the and the hate back and forth. And it did remind me of like when the BPT Elite Series thing happened, just being in the middle of that from a media perspective like I was and then knowing the anglers that were going through it. And it was very sim- – I mean, dude, it was almost the same other than – there's like billions of dollars involved in them bass fishing. We're right. fighting over yeah. crackers. Like, <laughs> like that, they got off for 200 million. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, yeah. and, and all boy Dougie did was like, Hey man, uh, we won't make you pay an entry fee for a year. <laughs> that was, that was it. That was all it took. And these Saudis just, just like, here's all the oil money. Y'all come play golf. But these guys, but the guys that were PGA loyal though, which are like Bassmaster fans and, and the Bassmaster pros that stayed to me, we're like, hell no, there's no way. And dude, just here it is. Like money talks, I guess, you know, uh, ultimately. Yeah. Like it, it just, and it's cool that there'll only be one organization. Going back to what you said, you know, for the fans, yes, I think having all the different organizations that do their thing, it is cool. They got so many options now. But I think for the fans also, if there was, even if it was just one event, and I've said this on the show many times, even if it was just one event like that old TTBC used to be, uh, yeah. where it was like, the American League versus the National League. You know, it's this all-star event. Like, somebody needs to put the money up in this industry and and do that. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll get some sponsors and, I, by God, I'll do it. It'll be the low-lifer classic. I don't know. That's what it needs to be. That, it needs to be straight all-star game casting yes. competitions, not yes. everything. You got like, seminars. You can come hang out with your, with your favorite pros. But at the end of the day, the top ten from the BPT and the top ten from the Elite Series are going to duke it out. For however much, but dude, it would be awesome. It would be so yeah, much fun. It would. Absolutely. I mean, and I, I mean, so much fun. I, I think it'd be awesome for the sport too, because you got you got the loyal people for bass, you got the loyal people for MLF, and they'd be talking junk online, and then yeah, it all so comes to a head, you know. Yeah, and well, I mean, well, one tournament wouldn't prove anything actually, but it, it'd be still be fun to do, you know. Yeah, but you can still you can still talk crap. 
yeah. the internet's going to talk crap, Cal Welcher. I don't know. I mean, you are a YouTube man and an Instagram and a Facebook man, but uh, you know, they, they will, uh, you've got a little fan base, but people will talk a little crap every now and then on that old internet through them keyboards. <laughs> yeah, and it's always when they don't use their real name. <laughs> Do you get That's them? What, Do you get them on Kyle I, Welcher Fishing it, on YouTube? It's very, very rare on YouTube. Actually, very rare. But if I post something on TikTok. Oh, baby. Yeah. I, big I, time. I did TikTok for about six minutes, like two years ago, and I've got five kids, and they were like, hey, man, we need you to stop being on TikTok, Dad. This yeah. is not okay. And I wasn't doing, like, TikTok dances and shit. It wasn't nothing like that. But I was I was just posting fishing videos to TikTok. And, like, my, my 15, he's 15 now, he was like, Dad, my friends are on there. It's not cool. You can't be on TikTok. Like, this is not okay. And so if you see at Luke Duncan on TikTok, there is one out there, and it's got about six videos, but whatever the last date of the one is, that's it. But I did notice that in the small time I was on there, they're savages on there. <laughs> yeah, it, it's way it's way different. And what it comes from is the way the algorithm is, it, it's not actually like you posting content to your fan base. It's that's right. you posting content to whoever's phone it pops up on. Yep. Whenever you post a YouTube video, it pops up on to people who have pain. already yeah. yeah have already made the decision to watch you yes. and that's a completely different thing <laughs> that's like that's like you telling your family bad news and then you telling random people that hate you bad news. <laughs> that's such a good point man uh anytime i've had two or three this year on facebook in particular but videos like i had the one of me falling out of the damn boat and it went viral like I, I don't know how many times it's been shared it's stupid but you can immediately tell when it gets away from your people <laughs> Oh, yeah. Immediately. Please. The notifications change, for sure. Yep. The, the kind of comments coming at you are definitely like, man, I wish this guy would have drowned. You're like, what? <laughs> what? Who is that? And you start Then you start doing background checks on people like, damn, that guy doesn't like his life at all. Yep. That's so funny you said that, though. That's a good point, though. When you're talking to your fan base, now I get them on here. They come to, they come to Low Budget Live. I get fewer negative comments now than I did back in the day when I was really stirring the pot a lot back in like 2019, 2020. They come out of the woodwork to your boy's YouTube channel back then, but now it's it's uh, it's calmed down a little bit, uh, to say the very freaking least. So I've got to ask you this. Do you miss nursing school? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely okay. not. You, yeah, you, you, heck no. Yeah, you're, you're glad you're not you're not change, you know swapping out IVs right now somewhere. You'd rather be throwing a frog leading England here. I tell you the story of that actually, if you want to hear. I it. would love to hear I, it. So, I, I got accepted. I, I never actually went to nursing school. I did my prereqs and I ap- applied for nursing school and I got accepted. And th- they had they had accepted it, but I hadn't signed up yet. So I had been out playing poker the night before <laughs> and. Like they called me at like eight o'clock in the morning. When you're playing poker, eight o'clock in the morning is early, early, <laughs> early. So they called me at like eight o'clock in the morning. They're like, "Hey, we haven't received your uh, whatever for me to finish, you know, f- pick my classes or whatever I need to do for nursing school." And I told them, I said, "Give that spot to somebody else." And then <laughs> I played poker, and that was it. Unreal, man. So if they called me about twelve, I might be a nurse unbelievable no it i don't think it would have ever worked for me i just did it because i thought it was the smartest thing with travel nursing and stuff like that Okay, so that's what you were headed towards and was travel nursing. yeah okay because you could get it you could get a degree so quickly 
you know, to and make a lot of money travel nursing at the time. And then uh Interesting. it just went I don't I don't fit into the mold though. So I just had to had to go do something else. Dude, it is uh I love stories like that. That's what this show's about for me is getting people, you know, getting down to cause I don't I know we didn't talk about that the first time I had you on. And uh that is so damn interesting, but life's just a game of chance, right? Like you just never it depends on you you what side of the fence you decide to jump over on and Damn, Kyle Welcher, you picked the right one, dude. Now, now, are you still – do you still dabble in the poker stuff at all? I know I, I think I've asked you that before, but is it you just too busy now with sponsor obligations and, and fishing the elites? No, I I played a lot last fall. I play a lot every fall. And then, okay. like, last year – last year we had a break like we do right now where we had a month off, and I went to Vegas, and I play, was in the World Series, you know, out there during the World Series. Okay. I couldn't play, I couldn't play the main event because we had a tournament the same day. But okay. I was out there in, in Vegas, and then I flew flew back and then went to a tournament. So And then I played all fall whenever the season's over. But starting in January, I, I quit this year, you know, just so I could focus on fishing. And then okay. I have not played since January. And then we got a month off right now, so I might go find somewhere to play. Is, is that one of those things? Because I'm terrible, terrible at card games. I have been my whole life. My brain <clears throat> works too slow. But is that something if you're out of – if you wonder what that is in the background, I don't know if you can hear that, but it might be coming a tornado at my house right now. It damn sure sounds like it outside. Uh, but, like, it just shook the uh, LBO bar and grill with some damn thunder. Goodness gracious. Uh, crazy. Uh, but is that something that when you take a break from it, does it take you a couple games to kind of get back, or is it just something that never leaves you like riding a bike? You just jump back in. And because it is about decision-making and, and obviously knowing, the, you know, what you're dealt and what you're against – uh, in the deck and, and the other folks and, and playing them. Is that something though, that it's easy to just kind of jump right back into? Um, well, hold on a second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm sorry, Luke. Yeah. <laughs> did, yeah. Did, do you have something to a pin? Buddy, are you getting asked for an autograph and a oh, picture on low dude, budget? I didn't recognize you. <laughs> I, I was like, damn, there am I. <laughs> I didn't recognize you at first. <laughs> so the low budget live first, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I didn't recognize y'all. Yeah. We'll see y'all. I, I got, I'm on the phone right now. Hey, ask ask them if they're low lifers. Just ask them that, Kyle. So are y'all low lifers? <laughs> so that was actually my cousin messing with me. They didn't oh. on the phone. So. I, I, I thought somebody was asking you for an autograph. I didn't know where we were doing no, this interview from. I was like, is he at the Walmart? What's happening no, I, right now? No, I was, I was at my house, and they did pull up asking for an autograph, but it was uh, one of my cousins, and I didn't <laughs> know his new wife. I've never met his new wife. Oh, so that's who was asking for an autograph, and I didn't see him in the driving the truck until afterwards. And I was like, <laughs> this is a convenient time. I've never had to sign an autograph at my driveway. You were before. fixing to look like a baller on LBL if somebody stopped yeah. at your driveway. I was Because I was going to say, when you're at them poker terms, is anybody like, hey, you got any frog fishing tips? How are you throwing that spro frog, Kyle Welter? <laughs> you just got your sunglasses on and you got the flow and nobody's paying you any attention. Well, actually, it depends on where I go. If I go to like Harris, Harris Cherokee or somewhere around in here or, yeah. or Biloxi or somewhere like that, I do actually get it occasionally. And I actually played with Jim Moyna in Biloxi one time. No kidding. That, that was before I was actually on the Elite. Seriously? But yeah. yeah, but like if I'm in Vegas, no, nah, everybody out there is – 
they 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 have no idea what bass fishing is. I don't believe. No, they they dialed in on their own thing out there, man. <laughs> <laughs> in Vegas, you never know anymore, man. There's a lot of stuff that'll get you out there in that in that town. I, I'm a fan for about 48 hours, and then I got to get out there because uh, I don't want to die, Kyle Welcher. That's why I don't want to stay in Vegas for longer than 48 right. hours. I get caught up in uh, doing too many crazy things sometimes. But uh, well, dude, are you gonna? Uh, uh, we'll end with this. That way we can get you back inside safe from the paparazzi and the fans. Uh, but, <laughs> I apologize. Dude. No, dude, that was amazing. Like, I, I am here for stuff like that. You should know that by now. I love I love it. Uh, I know you said, I saw a video of Sabine. You're like, well, the flow's got to stay. We, we, we keep catching them. So are we going to see a haircut this year, or are we just going to keep sending it? No, no haircut. Now, so the, the, way, the, the way the hair was going – I was going to cut it as soon as I missed the day three cut. Okay. So I'm planning on growing it all the way out. Let's, uh, I'm here for it, man. Let's get it down to you, down <laughs> past your shoulder blades for the Bassmaster Classic. I love yep. it. Kyle Welcher, I got one more piece of advice for you. Uh, I, I got a song that this, this show opens with. It's called Biloxi Blues, and, it, and I say in the song, I never met a riverboat dealer that could ever be a friend of mine. You keep your ass out of Biloxi, okay, before this this northern <laughs> swing. All right, I'm just that's my yep. final advice to you. I won't give you any fishing tips because you don't need any, but keep your ass out of Biloxi, Kyle Welcher. That's a solid advice. <laughs> All right, I appreciate you, Bubba. Good luck the rest of the season. Thank you. Thank you, man. Kyle Welcher, everybody. It's a dude right there. He is uh he is one of a kind, man. It's such a freaking interesting story. A a, a very very cool mind the way his his brain works and that is the world is that way right like not everybody's the same that's what makes the world go around it's what makes it beautiful but it is cool to me because we get pigeonholed in bass fishing as I, i'm a dumb redneck and i know i'm a dumb redneck right like i i do redneck things i i, I like to uh you know frog gig and and you know, shoot Tannerite in my backyard to piss my neighbors off. You know, stuff like that. Like, I'm good with it. Uh, with the label. Hey, you want to call me redneck? Whatever, that's fine. Uh, but, like, a guy like Kyle, yeah, he's from the South, but he's so introspective. He's got this brain. But it's it's interesting to see all the different characters that we have in bass fishing and hear all the different stories that lead them to the path of doing what they're doing. And, and that's one of the main reasons I love getting to sit in the seat week in and week out. I love the stories. I love the personalities. Uh, and I love the low lifers, man. I love y'all for tuning in each and every week and giving me the opportunity to, to, you know, talk to folks about how they got to where they are, talk about where they're at in life currently. And, and it's cool. And there's not many folks in professional bass fishing cooler than Kyle Welcher. So make sure you're following his YouTube Make sure you're following Instagram, Facebook. Good stuff all the time. Uh, appreciate y'all following along. Make sure you're subscribed and all that good junk. Spread the word about LBL. Uh, I think we're almost like 18,000 subscribers on YouTube, which just blows my mind. And I'm so appreciative uh, for each and every low lifer out there that tunes in every week. It amazes me. I have uh, folks ask me, oh, how big is your audience? And and the numbers that I get to rattle off, uh just truly do, man. They 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 humble me and they uh, blow my mind all the time. So I appreciate y'all. Hope y'all enjoyed this week's show. I'm going to take you out with them. Damn Biloxi Blues. Kyle Welch, got to keep his ass out of Biloxi. Get out of there. Them riverboat dealers are rough. I'll see y'all next week. See you. From Jackson Town to Tupelo, I never could make it last. Spanish Moss, the Civil War goes. Also, well, I'm gonna check out this leave badass John Prine shirt.
so cool. Sweet. Getting out of Mississippi with just enough gas to get there.